Zuckerberg will let us on. Yeah, all hail. Coming on right now. There we go. It's us. Look at that. It's us. All right, we're going to be live streamed, and then we're going to record this bad boy to the cloud just to be. Well, normally, I would say happy Whiskey Wednesday, and you guys would all cheer and stuff like that. We can still have it with the cheering, but today's Whiskey Wednesday gone wild with cognac. Wow. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, Benedict Hardy is here tonight. Um you might see it's Hardy Cognac, and her name is Benedict Hardy. Pure so, coincidence. Two incidents. Absolutely. She has no relationship to the cognac None at all. Whatsoever. I'm totally lying. How many generations are you into this cognac? I'm fifth generation. Fifth generation. And you haven't screwed it up yet, which is fabulous. Yeah. Well, I do it every day, but <laughs> That's right. I don't brag about it. Oh, That's there you all. go. There you go. All right. So, well, Benedict is here. Um, we were talking about what we were going to do. You know, we're getting – it's November 1st, yes. all right? So we're, I think we we're, we're like basically officially into the winter time or yes. you could tell by the outside. If you were here two days ago, it was 80 degrees out. It's now 40, it's 40 now. It's 40 now. So cognac we, season. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got rid of that real quick. Um, but we wanted to have you here and we talked about what we do. And of course we want to do the, we, we're going to start with the core range tonight. So these are the cognacs that um, are, these are the ones that keep the lights on and pay the bills. It's true. Right. In, in your country, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I somehow think that was a dig to the United States, no. but I'm gonna let it go. A, a little one, <laughs> a, a little, little one. one, a little one. She's French. <laughs> All right. So, um, no, but and 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 these are what you're really in the United States, and I'll I'll go along with that. These are sort of what you're you guys are known for. We're gonna have a little bit of a special treat tonight. Yes. Um, after we go through these, but I think it's very important to see sort of uh, of of the DNA. Yes, of, of the, the family of, of the, the family of the cognac that you guys are now that you produce. Yes. Right. And that's so we'll tell be. us a little bit about, first of all, how did sort of like your fifth generation, how did sort of Hardy start? What side of the what do you know? Give us a a, a brief summary of the of the history. I'm, of I'm glad you say brief, because if you launch me on the family story, it can last for hours. But... I, I know. And we'll, we, you know, the good part is we have cognac to drink. So maybe <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Well, everything started in 1863. Um, my great-great-grandfather was an Englishman. Mm -hmm. um, you imagine when you were English and coming to France. Um, it was not always a warm welcome, <laughs> to say. <laughs> and this gentleman fell totally. He was in the wine and spirit business in London, but he fell in love with the cognac region and with a lady that he married. Uh -huh, of course. Um, <laughs> changed his first name from Anthony to Antoine to be French, you see. Oh, there you go. And after a few tries to finding a coat of arms that was really awful, he decided to go for the rooster because he wanted to be adopted by the French and the rooster being the emblem of all the of France, you know, the arrogant bird that mm -hmm, still sing mm -hmm. when he have two feet, you know where. Um, he decided that he wanted to be accepted. So This tells you a lot about your fifth great great grandfather right yes 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 he's telling you a lot so 
And very strangely, he didn't he didn't want really to promote his product in in England. There were some people that were doing that much better than him. The Hein of the world at the time, the Hennessy. The, he was really part of the second generation of immigrants that came okay. to Cognac. The first part of the the first um, um, brand of I would say first immigrants that came and really took a liking to this uh, this industry, this this production of uh, very fine brandy where really the Martel of the world, the Hennessy mm -hmm. of the world. And so he was part of the second uh, wave of immigrants. Um, he was not really interested in England, which was his <laughs> base country, but he was looking more towards uh, Russia. He was okay. absolutely fascinated by Russia. And needless to say that... When well, they he, drink a lot and they love right? it's close. Yes. Right? They drink two things that they favor the most. They drink uh, champagne and cognac. If they can afford it, vodka is really far third or less. Um, but their drink of choice when it was the high society at the time was really cognac and champagne. Okay. So, of course, in 1917, the first thing that were out when the Bolshevik took over was cognac and champagne. Okay. That you can. Right. Well, now it's back in, in, in favor. We're very lucky that they still call our product cognac because they they call their sparkling wine champagne and we're uh, not supposed to drink to call We only champagne. do that with Andre yeah. in the United States. <laughs> we still true. call that champagne. Yes. Far from it, right? Yes. Well, you didn't sign the, the treaty of we, we don't sign. Yeah, we don't yeah, sign that. That's what you So, but anyway, um, he had a son and the son continued his business. He didn't live very long, but what? Really, the one that started the business and grew the business was my grandfather, okay. Armand, who went to fight during the First World War and came back alive, which was um, fortunately that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's that's rare. That's a feat in itself. Exactly. Right. And he started a collection uh, that was second to none, and he really developed the company. Unfortunately, um, for the Second World War, then we were um, with the Germans that were in Cognac. But in the family, everybody speaks German. So he was no exception. And he was one of the ones that contributed to create the Bureau National du Cognac, which is the uh, organization that really protects and defends uh, the, the name Cognac. Okay. And keep the, 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 the Cognac, the, the brandy that we make in the, in the city of Cognac and the region of Cognac as the benchmark of the Cognac industry, of the brandy industry. And nobody knows that, but... Um, and the Germans, who never thought they would lose the war, um, already had planned the Bureau National du Cognac. They were the one that really thought about protecting the appellation. Of course. Well, they... if you own it, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Right? You know. So, so but they they did the same thing in Champagne, which is very yeah. interesting. And um, be because my grandfather spoke fluent German, he was the one that was doing, you know, the translation and. And the guy that was in Cognac, his name was Gustav Klebisch, um, had a brother who was a total butcher in, in Champagne that looted every every single house that had a German name okay. because Hitler wanted revenge of these bad Germans that left for France. Okay. So the Dutz, the Bollinger, the Roedver, the yeah. you name it, they were Eidsick, they were all from German descent. Right. And he never uh, excused them to, to leave um, sect to make champagne and uh, his brother Gustav was the one in charge of cognac and he was not a bad man and uh, at the end of the war Martel uh, chose him as their importer so that means that hmm. he was very considerate c 
considering the fact that he was, of course, the occupant and it was not an easy situation. But right. he understood that he could not uh, kill the, the, the brand, he could not kill the, 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 the source, and he understood and he discussed with the negotiations, the wine growers, and that's the reason why we kept some of our cognacs uh, during this very hard time for everybody. And yeah. we and we eat a lot, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> also that uh, and we buried the yes. bodies basically. Yes. I mean, there was yes. a lot of cognac that was dug up after 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 the Germans left. Oh my god, surprise, we had all this cognac. Who yes. knew? Yes. So, uh, so they uh, they buried they they uncovered it or just I remember even even coming into this business when I was very young in, in uh, people finding cognacs, which were basically they were hidden behind a wall or, or some, a fake wall or something like that. Still to this day, finding things that it's, were it's still true. Yes. Yes, it's true. Not in barrels, though. No, no, it's usually the, in glass. In glass, glass, because the story, you know, the beautiful fable that, oh, my God, we discovered in this lost cellar a, a, a barrel that was probably here for 100 years or more. No, I'm sorry. It's a beautiful uh, it's a nice, nice story. story. It's a nice story. story. But if you leave a barrel unattended for 100 years, first of all, there won't be anything left with the angel share. And second, it would be oak juice. Right. So, I mean, I know it's a great story. I would love to tell you these stories, you know, more and more, but um, it's a lot of work to make good cognac. But I mean, it, I, and I don't think, I don't think um, a lot of people know this. Really, the the art of cognac is the art of, of the blending. blend. Yes. Of blending. And you stop production or stop aging of certain products when you guys feel that, like, that it's at its peak or it's where you want it. So this is when so it becomes true. into glass where it's, it, you, you, you savor that and you, and you put that yeah. aside because it's going to become part of a blend that you you have in your head. Maybe It's exactly whatever. right. And most of the time, uh, barrels don't hold more than 70 years. So okay. you have to think about it. And after a while, you don't want too much oak to your product. So you have to be no. very careful. That's why we start the life of our cognacs in brand new oak from the limousine region in our company. But very soon we rotate those barrels into older barrels because right. you don't you want them to be a vessel, but not something that is overpowering and killing the fruit and the flower of the product. And so you want you want that interaction with the with more with the the air and its surroundings, and not Absolutely. necessarily with the wood. Exactly. Okay. It's it's an exchange. Sense. It's an exchange. And you know because they're they're gonna start getting restless. So okay. we have okay. to make yes. we have they, to make them. Oh no! I, I I've seen it. You turn, know them. Turn you ugly know them. Yeah. real real fast. Uh, but 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 because of the first thing we're going to try tonight is there's not a lot of people doing this. I know only of maybe less than a handful. Yes. You have an organic VSOP. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about how this is done differently and why you why you decided to do or an organic one and because that's a that's not like you know that's a an arduous process. To yes. become organic, especially in France. Yes. Um, the process of being organic takes, first of all, 10 years of clean soil. What does clean soil mean? That means that you need a conversion of 10 years on which you're not going to use any chemical, any pesticide, any herbicide of any kind. Right. So that means you can put on your label on organic conversion that means people understand you're not there yet but you you are not certified organic right. before you wait for that time then when you have your crop and when your grapes are growing 
the only thing that you're really allowed to use to fight any kind of disease, it can be mildew, it can be all this crazy thing that we see in the vineyards, is copper. The beautiful Bouillie Bordelaise that became a, a famous book in France is the only thing that they really use. Um, and so it's not perfect, of course, right. to, to fight the disease. And then when we age the product, it's separately, it's a separate part of the cellars, okay. separate barrels, and we have separate pumps and separate hoses. And when we bottle, we bottle under the uh, the care and 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 really believe me, they they don't let the inspection go. of yes inspectors that come, and they make sure that your product doesn't touch any other regular product. Right. So that means we bottle the organic once a year, and then we have to get them again when we ship them to Germany, which of course is a different label that we ship them to the United States. Well, the German, the German labels, labeling system is very strict. Well, European is coming, becoming very strict. You don't have it here yet, yeah. but European community have asked us, uh, asked, imposed on us. That <laughs> Ask we, very nicely because yeah, you need to do I, it. Yeah, saying, yeah, you need to do it. <laughs> We're going to put every calorie, every sh percentage of sugar, everything that we have on food, we're going to have that to put that on wine and spirits. Right. I'm pretty sure it will come to your beautiful country too. I don't think we're going to really evade that. But it's it's more, you know, we say, oh, it's wonderful, Europe, you know, all united and everything. We're becoming exactly like the United States, which is the United States. In fact, 50 states, 50 different liquor laws and everything. In Europe, we were very much united where we were not 27. Now that right. we are 27, it's funny how different we are. The Italians just created a new uh, brand label that that you have to put the recycle thing on it. Okay. And so we were. I was discussing that with a uh, with a gentleman that came to see if the European community was doing the job for small producers like us, and I said, No, you're not. <laughs> well, because a lot of people, don't, and here's what uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to deviate for a second, but here's what a lot of people don't understand about the um, you want to be transparent. That's one thing. You want to tell everybody how you're making stuff, how it's going. But when you start to do calorie count and you start to do like a label on the back that's very uniform, but it has to, you're, you're, you're giving out more and more information. People don't understand is the bigger you are, the easier that is. Yeah. When you're a small producer to do that for every and it's going to stifle innovation because sure. for me to come out with a new product, I have to go through all that testing, all of that stuff, all that certification and all that label approval again. Yes. And it's very difficult for a small producer to do that as it as it isn't for like, you know, some of the big the, like Diageo or any of these big companies. Of course. And, and people have gotten finally a little bit wise to the thing to the idea that who's behind doing a lot of this stuff. And it is a lot of the big players because they can easily do this. Probably. Yeah. So <laughs> probably. Uh, so I'm sorry to divert you guys from that, but, but back to organic, um, we started this project um, 13 years ago. I promise you that when I came to my blender and I said, we're going to abandon, there was a quality called Napoleon that we had for a while which was very popular, particularly in the Far East. It didn't have much meaning in the United States, except for Courvoisier, because they claim, and rightfully so, that they're the cognac that Napoleon was drinking. Right. Particularly Napoleon III, not always uh, Napoleon I. But anyway, um, 
when I approached him and I said, well, we're going to drop Napoleon and I want an organic cognac. He didn't speak to me for a week. He turned his back. Every time I wanted to open a conversation, he said, you're crazy. I don't want to speak to you. It's so complicated. It's really, it's not worth it. Nobody is going to care about an organic cognac. And I didn't let go. I was very um, opinionated, still am. I'm, ho I'm hoping we will get an exo soon. Um, it is very complicated, but it's worth it. Um, I was the great pleasure of having a Carnival Cruise Line of all, of all places mm -hmm. that selected our organic over the other one. Really? Yes. Wow. And and for me, blind, of course, blind tasting, yeah, uh, which well, was which was very interesting. And uh, um, I am I'm, I'm really um, convinced that's the way we're going to save between bracket the world. I mean, we need to be more conscious. It's more about, mindful. Yeah, and and you know, it's you you. When I talk to these uh, growers that we are working with, um, I'm I'm really amazed how uh, how young they are. Right. Um, the young generation is. I really embarked on that on that crusade, and I'm a hundred. And I'm not that young anymore, but I'm really hundred percent behind them. And it's not an easy process. They make less money. Right. Uh, the crop is less. I mean, it's a sacrifice, but it's worth it. Yeah, so, yields and stuff go down. You start doing it this way. Absolutely. Right? So. So, so that's the first one you have, number one. First one you have, and you've probably already drunk it already, but <laughs> but what I would like you to do is um compare it because we're gonna do the we're gonna do the 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 I don't want to say the regular VSOP, sure. but the the uh, the normal offering, I don't know if that's any better, yeah. of the of the hardy VSOP is next. So it's be sort of interesting to try them because they're the same they're the same, it's just slightly different um well you can look at the color blend, first. right? Uh, the first one is only a seven-year-old. Well, technically, and I, very briefly, I want to brush on the uh, the age of the cognacs. When you see VS on the label, but for a very, very long time, it was not called VS. It was called Three Stars. Right. Why? Because when people didn't know how to write or read, the only thing they had to indicate the age of the product when it was just distilled was to take a piece of shulk. We have a very limey uh, st uh, uh, soil, limestone, nearly 100%, like Champagne region. Yeah. And they were just drawing a star when it was just distilled on the barrel. The year after, the second year, the, fir the first year of aging, second star. And when they were drawing the third star, they knew it was time to sell it because it was a legal age. You cannot sell any cognac under two years of age. Uh -huh. Well, of course, some brandy producers had the very bright idea to put a zillion stars on their labels. And the French... Super old. Yeah, <laughs> super old and Metaxa, not yeah, to name yeah, them. Yeah. And suddenly everybody said, did. oh my God. <laughs> right. My God, we look so cheap on the label. We only have three stars. So let's put a name nobody understands. Let's put VS for very special. The three stars and the five stars, because for VSOP, it was also called for many years five stars, had a meaning. VS and very superior old pale is a different. That's what nobody understands. Uh, pale for the VSOP because remember, I think I, I, I told you that the first immigrants that came to our uh, beautiful river Charente and understood the potential of that river to become traders really and to bring the, the, the goods to the sea, to the ocean, they really very understood very quickly that um, this river was the reason why they could do much more business, which the French have a tendency to make good things. But in Armagnac, for instance, which is the older 
brandy that we have in France. Right. Uh, Armagnac didn't have that luck. They're locked in without the possibility of exporting. Well, the French uh, in Cognac, the, the, the Charente people immediately, with the help of the English-speaking people, um, knew that they could do that very well with that. So um, this is what we have here. We have two different products, the two first one that you have. You have the organic. On the organic, um, on the VSOP, legal age on VSOP is four years. On this one, we go up to seven. Um, traditionally, the style of Hardy was like more the second one. And what do I mean by that is that we liked in the family to blend the two best crew of the Cognac region, yeah. which is Grand Champagne and Petit Champagne. When I mention Champagne, and I get a lot of questions, of course, about that, it's because the, mo the, the, the word Champagne or Champagne comes from a Latin word, Campagna. And what the translation in French became Champagne or Champagne, whatever you want to pronounce it. Two regions in France have the exact same soil. That's the people that produce the sparkling wine that we call Champagne and us. And the, when I say us, they are the two best crew of the Cognac region. And what is the characteristic? What are the characteristics of this soil? It is the poorest you can find. Yep. It is it's terrible story. It's terrible. shock. It's exactly. Yeah. It's shock. And but the great advantage is that the shock, the limestone, gets during the the heat during during the the day from the sun, and because it's very white, and during the night, re, re give that heat to the grapes, so it give a special um, um, quality to the product, particularly when the product gets older. And that's what something you will see when we go to the second part of the of the tasting. So, the and it's also is it also about the about the stressing of the vines too a little bit with the yes, chalk? Yes, and... very interesting. Um, the vines, and if you there is a place in France when you can see that if you go to Saint Emilion, if you go to Chateau Langelus, or if you go to Chateau Pavie and visit the cellars. You'll be amazed that because the cellars are, of course, uh, in in the shelf, they're right. in caves, and you can see the the, the roots that that go very deep of this of these uh, vineyards, and they can dip very very deep mm. to get their nourishment. So the in the inside of the thing is is that the more it's stressed, um, and it deeper it goes for like water and stuff like that, the the production of the grapes is. Better. Superior, yes, right. In my opinion, and right now, you know, there is a climate change. But right now, in France, we don't water our vineyards, and I don't think it's going to last. Unfortunately, with the kind of summer we're getting, but it was something we were very proud of in the sense that it's true uh, in Bordeaux, particularly or Burgundy, you have good years and you have bad years, right? And that it is not a uniform product that you get it's something right. that cheers mother nature gives you different things and it's the same for cognac oh. so the second one is definitely more the hardy style and it's an eight-year-old you have an extra year on the second one on the first one you have a very clean product you have pear you have vanilla coming from from the oak on the second one you have a charmer you have something that is extremely round extremely easy to drink that coats your palate and that is coming exactly from the grapes that I was mentioning. By the way, the grapes we're using are not the same that we were using in the 19th century. In the 19th century, we had the bug coming from the U.S. called phylloxera. 
but you saved us. We solved the problem. You did. I mean, come on you now. Did. You did. <laughs> you did a wonderful job. After after you brought the disease, you you helped us rebuild our vineyards. Well, we had to give whiskey a fighting chance against it's cognac. It's exactly right. So by wiping out cognac and wiping out that brown good, it allowed the beautiful whiskey scotch. and scotch to take hold in the United States. But It, not it, was, only, it was a brilliant plan. Yes, particularly before <laughs> the Scottish were drinking the best that's and are right. still drinking the best. That's but right. that's beside the point. Uh, I had a, an old Scottish um, um, great-great-grandmother, so I know <laughs> to keep the best. So um, these two ones are extremely different. And it's funny to see that when we do tasting and comparative tasting, how I have a public for the first one, the organic, and how I have a public for the second. So it depends on the palate that you have. Mm. And again, my truth is not your truth. And what I like when I do this kind of tasting is to hear from the public when they ask the question, because it's so genuine and so related to what you drink. When we reach the um, number three, which is legend, and I'm talking to a whiskey public here tonight, you're going to be amazed that with our legend, 1863, which is an experiment we made with our um, blender, we are really bridging a gap between the whiskey drinkers and the cognac drinkers. Mm. How did we do that? Well, um, wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt you a second before you get to that, because I, I know they're going to start. You start talking about the next one. They're going to jump ahead. What did you guys think uh, first of the organic, the VSOP organic? Like, yeah. And what do you think of the hardy VSOP, the more traditional style? Do you like one better than the other or do you like them different reasons? <laughs> I love it when I give a, a question that has two parts and they just say yes. And you give the answer. Yes. yes. Okay. No, because listen, I, I, I and I'm going to say this. I There would be certain instances where I would drink the organic. They are so different. Yes. And there would be certain instances where I would I like the organic better. And I could see why the cruise line would like this. Yes. Um, especially the ones that are going to tropical places. Yes, true. Um, and And uh, if they were going anywhere um, in in uh, northern Europe or or, or Nordic uh, places, they would might like the second one better. Yes, that's right. True, depending and so on the climate. I will give you an example that you can relate to in New England. Okay, this is Saturday, eighty degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wednesday, forty degrees. <laughs> yes. All right. So, and some day, and sometimes in New England, those all happen in one day. And you can start in the morning with the lighter stuff and then work your way to the other. So, or vice versa, depending on how the weather hits. But that's sort of the beauty of these is that they are such different drinks that you can like both of them, but add for different reasons. And yes, and I didn't finish on the grapes. So at the beginning, we were using mostly Folle Blanche and Colombard, French Colombard. When the phylloxera hit and for seven, eight years, we didn't have anything except... Uh, uh, burned vineyards, because mm. the only cure for phylloxera is burning, burning the vineyards to the it. ground. Uh, we had to wait for uh, Mr. Munson from Denison, Texas, to really uh, give us the resistant rootstock on which the Italians gave us the Trebbiano. What we're using today at 96% in our vineyards is Trebbiano, which is Uni Blanc, which is also called Saint-Emilion Blanc. Mm -hmm. And this, this um, grape has the characteristic of acidity because we need acidity to make a good distillate 
um, having like 2003, for instance, which is the, I mean, the, the hottest summer we ever had, we had three solid weeks over 100 degrees, which was never recorded in France before. We had no natural yeast, the yeast that died, the, the wines didn't ferment. It was a nightmare. And it didn't produce really good cognacs that, that year. So we're hoping, and right now, the Bureau National du Cognac, which is the organization I was referring to before, is working. We have a lab that is working on hybrids um, and working on grapes that were abandoned for a while. And we might go back to these grapes because they are more resistant wow. to the heat. And so you will see an evolution in the next 20 years for sure. But, you know, the other thing that I was, uh, it, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but not necessarily, I mean, brandy and cognac, especially, they're made from wine. This is distilled wine. Yes. The wine you're distilling is not necessarily the greatest drinking wine. This is the worst. It's. <laughs> but that's why. Oh, we have a French woman that's telling the truth now. Of course. This is amazing. I, I mean, uh, I'm known for that. No, but but this is this is it. And like the wine that you're making this from is not necessarily a wine that you would have on your table. No. That you're going to have with chicken or pasta or anything like that. No. This is a wine that is basically meant to be distilled. It's exactly right. And it's because our wine was so bad, so acidic, and didn't travel very well that the distillation process saved the region. Right. Well, the distillation has been invented many, many, many centuries ago. Uh, we just perfected it. Um, the alembic we're using today was used by the Moors when they were mm -hmm. in France for many centuries and Spain to distill flowers and fruit for medical purposes. Well, we just, when they left, they couldn't take them on their back. So we kept those and we perfected the, the distillation process. The Dutch perfected. Uh, the Dutch were very strong and they, were, they are great merchants and they know how to make products. And so the double distillation is really what put cognac on the map. Um, Armagnac is a single distillation, few exceptions, but cognac with the alembic is the double distillation. So the first distillate you get is uh, an inferior product in our in our um, mind and in our in our opinion. It's called bouilli. It's at between twenty two and twenty five percent alcohol, and this is what we redistill to get. The, the cœur de chauffe, which is the best, the heart of the of the cognac that we will that will become a cognac bottle. Yeah. You need ten liters of wine to make a bottle of cognac. So it's not ten a, to one. Yes. So it's not a cheap process. No. Uh, by far, and then you have to wait many many years for the product to really get all the characteristics you want. But well, we for, know it's at least three stars. Yes. You have to wait. Oh, three stars. And then it became five stars yeah. on the VSOP. But now, because the English really dominated the trade, it became very superior old pale because the English like their product pale, exactly the reverse of the Chinese who like their product very dark because they think the darkest is oldest. Yeah. And it's not true. But that's okay because it's... It, it <laughs> we'll make whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, they, they really appreciate cognac, the Chinese yes. do, like the Russians do. There are some people that really appreciate cognac more than others. Well, but it's, a it's a world spirit. It is a world spirit. You know, it is. But it's still 2% of the spirit sold in the world. Right. 
we're, we have nothing in comparison with vodka, tequila. We're small industry. We depend on a region that is growing grapes. So when you have bad years, you have bad years. Right. Um, you have, I don't think you have that many bad years in barley or corn. It's no, I mean, because they can come from different areas and they can do different strains and they're up on top of that. Like you're, you're, you guys are looking at that right now. Yeah. Um, anybody that does barley or corn is looking at every year. Yes. about doing hybrids and, and what's going to be the next one. And you can see it in Scotland. They'll, they'll, they'll switch the entire industry will switch um, uh, types of, of grain that they're using types of barley that they're using. So sometimes it's concerto, then it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it keeps moving because mm. they, they know that they have to ch keep changing it because they, they only have so many years with that type of yield. When you're dealing with grapes, there's a lot more limitations on what yes. you can do. How much, how much, how much spirit do you have in barrels at any one given time? Do you have enough? Like, do you have enough in, in, in there to to keep you for several years of production, or do you? If is I'll it one two? You, yeah, I know you have to kill me. I know, but no, yeah, no. Do you, my no. wife just paid the insurance, so uh, yeah, that, it might good. be okay. So, yeah, so okay. yeah, no. I don't think anybody can believe that a small company like ours has 35,000 barrels of 350 liters wow. aging. Um, I'm completely convinced that we could multiply the business by 10 and not affect the quality, Okay, which is fantastic. And in fact, we have between eight and 10 years of stock of inventory okay. at all times. So you imagine that we have a big fight in the company. You have the blender who is an artist is a is an amazing guy and you have the cfo of the company who is not an artist <laughs> he's a bean counter yes as we would say. and my blender says the more evaporation the better and that's what we do we start the life of cognac in humid cellars and then we all take them to what we call dry cellars and in dry cellars they stay all the cognac stay one year in one year they lose up to seven percent do you imagine the CFO? That's but money we, in the air. Exactly. But this money in the air, it's only for the angels. They right. can be drunk on that angel share. That's it's right. not the best. This evaporation is completely necessary to, for, to create a chemical reaction that we call esterification, which is, in fact, a concentration of flavors, which gives the color and the quality of the product. And after one year, of course, we go back to the humid cellars where the evaporation is basically between 2 and 3% a year okay. because you have the same um, uh, percentage of humidity and temperature all year long, whatever temperature you have outside. So both these things are necessary to make a good cognac. What is also necessary, you have two ways of aging products. You can put that in a barrel and come back 80 years later. So... The product just distilled is at 70%. In order to reach the level of 40%, which is 80 proof, you need a solid 80 years. So that means if I do that today for sure, even my children might not be able to drink it. And after these 80 years, whatever you have left, you have to add water to right. put it down. I mean, add something that is drinkable. Well, we do differently, and we're not the only ones doing that. We add water from the get-go. That means when the product is distilled at 70%, we immediately add enough water, distilled, pure distilled water, to put the level of alcohol to 55%. 
and there is no cognac at Hardy that goes into the barrel, brand new barrel, at more than 55%. And, and a lot of people talk about this because this happens several times over the life of a cognac in a barrel. Absolutely. Right? And so it's actually this slow um, adding of water into yes. the barrel yes. that creates a flavor component that a lot of other spirits don't get because they're doing the water part at, at the, the end. end. The problem and of they don't get it together. Absolutely. The problem if you have, for instance, and not all cognacs do it, but if you have a, a cognac or any spirit that is very warm in your mouth, it's exactly what it means. It means that you have had the the, the 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 process done at the end, so you have a dilution instead of a, a contribution to the aging mm. factors. And we are very proud to be able to bring to the public a product that has, is made state-of-the-art from the first day till the end. And our blender is adamant about that. And even when he selects a row of barrels to make a, a blend, he put the barrels all together in a vat, in, in another big vat, and he let them sit together for another six months. And he wants the marriage to be complete. So thinking that it's, well, you put product in the barrel, you wait a certain number of years, you come back and you bottle. Not at all. It's very, very time-consuming, and also it's very precise uh, artwork. And when you say the art of blending, Martel... That on their logo, they say Martel, the art of blending. And that's why, of course, you can find wonderful vintages. I'm not saying that this doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. There's, you know, there can be, uh, I've had fantastic single barrels of cognac too. Sure. Sure. And they do exist, but, but time and time again, the better of them are ones that are put together by the master blender. That's exactly right. Because he, he or she now has control over how it's going to come out. And make yes. something better than the sum of it, uh, better than the sum of its parts. Absolutely. So the two one, the two first one. What what is very important also to understand that cognac wouldn't be what it is today, without the influence of the cooperage houses. A barrel will change the life of your product. Um, you have basically two kind of oaks that we're using in cognac uh, from two forests in the center of France. One is called Limousine. And the other one is called Troncé. Um, the Troncé is a much tighter grain. We don't favor this one. We like the Limousine, which has a lighter grain, a larger grain, which allows a larger, a bigger evaporation, so a better concentration of flavors. Troncé can last longer than Limousine, but at the same time, we like the the, the the uniqueness of the what the limousine uh, it's the interaction you're yes for. that's what that's exactly what we're yeah. looking for and so the the third whiskey uh whiskey here i go again i'm gonna get hit, hit over there so the third cognac that we have this is leaning to that too this is like this is your master blender coming up with something a little bit different right? it, it decided to bridge the gap between between bourbon and and cognac which wasn't heard of um, and trying to find a category that will be in between VSOP and XO. Okay. And in doing so, he said, well, instead of going for light toasting for my barrels, I've asked two cooperage houses to work with me on deep charred barrels. And this is not heard very often in cognac. We don't go for the deep char. And this one, this is deep charred. 
And what he was looking for was ca coffee, cappuccino, roasted nuts flavors, and and chocolate. And it's amazing. Well, when, it's, it absolutely. He, yeah, he found him. Yes. It's when you have someone, when I have someone that tell me, oh, no, I don't like cognac, it's too harsh, too warm, whatever. I always give them a touch of this one because it's going to make you understand that not all cognacs are born equal. And you can do basically like a painter. You know, I like to compare my blender. He would laugh. He would hear that. But I, he's a painter. He's a painter with a palette of colors and he can do mm -hmm. basically what he what he wants. But the great advantage is knowing the, the, the potential, the, 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 the strengths of the wood. We have not found so far half of the proprieties that wood can bring to a product. I know for a fact that there is a lot of research and development in that, in that industry of the wood. Mm -hmm. We can basically, very soon, as I told you about the calories and everything, people are going to have a shock because a lot of brown goods have a lot of caramel in them. So the sugar content will be very high. My blender is working very hard to work and get rid of total caramel. On these ones, you don't have much for one reason. Um, we age the product much longer than most. And so because of that, we don't need the caramel and the sugar. But it will show very soon on the labels. There won't be any anything. There's no be hiding behind it. Yes. Because you can put yes. so much of that in without actually saying you are. Yes. That you have. Of course. Right. But that's going to go away. What I love about this, and I, and a lot of people that are in the room tonight are are whiskey drinkers, and especially if you're drinking bourbon, you know about deep charring, right? Yes. Char four, char five, you yes. know, alligator char. We're doing all this stuff. But you should remember, we're also doing this with, uh, with American white oak. When you're starting to do this, the same sort of processes with lemazine oak, it's a very different result. Yes. And I think like those those sort of um, richer flavors yes. come through. You get a little bit less of that vanilla and caramel, and that does it's because you know of the distillate too. Sure. But you get in those deeper flavors of like that espresso bean or that chocolate or that dark chocolate flavor. I think comes through a little bit differently when you're dealing with cognac. On a on a scale of four, we're probably around three and sometimes three point five, which is very high for cognac. For cognac. On the on the others that you will have tonight, we are at one point five. Right. So it's a huge difference, huge difference, but it's really a different profile that we wanted to give to the customer. Well, we have a lot of whiskey drinkers in here tonight. We do have a lot of cognac drinkers because they knew you were coming. So I won't take that away. But what do you what do you think of this uh, of this cognac? Right, really deep, rich flavors. Something. We, this we call is the number one selling, I have to say. I yeah. was in New York. I've been on the road for three weeks already. I can't tell you how many customers. And um, It's so it, much different than everybody else's, too, and I think that's important. It, it's important to be different, but, but not to lose your soul at the same time. You know, I'm not ready to age my our products in Sautern barrels. Okay. That's not me. Not yet. No. <laughs> I don't think that under my no, thing, but I, it's but happen. if you could do stuff like this and still, you know, you're still within within the traditional cognac experience by doing yes. it this way. Why not? If you can get flavors like this, this is what I would call a thinking person's with uh, cognac. Yeah, we usually say thinking person's whiskey, but it's thinking person's cognac because as you're sipping this, 
there's other flavors that are presenting themselves the more you drink it. Yes. And which is the you, goal. Honestly. Which is the goal, right? Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you're getting these other um these other flavor components and you know you can really sort of ex- you know, really sort of explore this whiskey. Absolutely. I am doing it again. Yes, that's okay. It's, it's cognac. It's it's whiskey but... Wednesday. It's tough. It's tough. Yes. You gotta help me. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get well, trying to get very well. All right. Well thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The more I drink, the better I'll be. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with that. Would you guys like this one? It's not really cool, right? It's very yeah. easy. It's still affordable. And uh, you oh, yeah. get a good price from Ryan. Yeah, you'll get a good, price from, you get a good we'll... price from me for that. You you know. She's not going to give him my profits away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk to the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's not me. Okay. I... Uh, okay. Now we're going to move to really. Um, now, this is some of your finest quality that's available on your on yes. your on your on um, your core range. Yes. My core range stopped for us at the EXO. EXO is a very interesting category because for many years it was only legally aged six years. Uh, in 2015, it changed to 10 years. Um, which at 10 years, a product starts to bloom, really to blossom. And uh, in our company, uh, when we designed this bottle with our glassmaker, my uncle, who was a blender at the time, said, well, I have something exceptional that I would like to put in that bottle, and it's a 20-year-old. That means it's a blend of Petit Champagne and Grand Champagne, exactly made like the second product you had. But instead of aging it um, 10 years, we're going to do 20. And in his honor, he passed uh, two years ago. Uh, we continued uh, at the tender age of 98, having a glass of cognac every day, that under the sun, or no sun, the same. And uh, this EXO has been really doing well for us um, because we have won numerous awards and numerous um, um, uh, accolades for this product because even though it's aged not at all like the one you just had, um, in very, very light toasted barrels on a scale of four, we are at one because that for 20 years, it's a lot of contact with the wood and that's what you get after 20 years. This product is probably what I call the beginners uh, for cognac for beginners. I was telling you that for people that really don't like cognac, I like to taste them on legend. For people that like cognac, but are a little reluctant really to to go into into older products, I like this one because it's not old, but it's so well aged that you have something complete and that lingers on your palate. And that's the beauty of Grand and Petit Champagne when you blend them together. And I think 20, mar- 20 years mark is really something that is very special in our family and in our company. So it's the, really nice. So for a gateway cognac, it's really nice. For a gateway. <laughs> gateway. Huh, Ryan. Okay. So no, it's really good. I like it a lot. It is it is very flavorful. You're looking for, of course, you will have the caramel, the natural caramel coming from the oak. The vanilla is definitely mm-hmm. there, but you have light tobacco notes yeah. on it. Which are a little really, bit of leather too. I exactly. Think. Yeah, a tough, leather. tough leather. And 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 really and there is something that in your on your palate is going to coat your palate and is going to linger, which is really the the beginning of the old cognac that we're going to have the the four the four others before. It's the first step of great cognacs, in my opinion. 
So now that you, everybody here, there's like 40 people here tonight that have gone through basically what is normally available from Hardy Cognac. I think you can now get a sense and sensibility of what you present to everybody and how it's the flavorful and you can get sort of the DNA of your oh, cognac. Yes. I, I, I definitely think so. The only exception I probably would say would be the legend. Sure. This is the exception. That's like, you know, mm. that's like the black sheep of the family. Yes. But like it, me. But in a good, me. but in a good way, <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. Sure. So uh, tonight we were, we were talking, Ian and I had been talking before we, we, we were, we, we, uh, got, got benedict involved and we said okay but we got to do something like really special tonight we wanted to we wanted to we're entering the holiday seasons finally right we're gonna do something really special so um i'm gonna lead you through you're gonna lead us through the next four cognacs that we have and this is part of you know an in the anniversary series yes and um these are not you know necessarily for everybody, but this is a grand opportunity for you all to try some of these 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 cognacs. And I will say, um, we're going through. The, uh, anybody interested in these tonight? We can talk later. Um, we can get pricing, and I will give special pricing to anybody that does it tonight. But but actually, surprisingly affordable as to the age and what they are. I was actually pretty shocked how well. Well, they should the, have raised the, your price. The, I mean, the, well, come on, Ryan. Well, no. Well, <laughs> I, on, I think the CEO would have something to say what you're selling them for, but that's okay. You'll let that go. But um, all right. So what's the first one we're trying tonight? The so this is the one. second half of your, your yes, tasting. So tonight. this is a number five. Yes. Um, it's a product that we call Nos d'Argent. Argent in French. Oh, is... see, now you're making it so I can't even pronounce it. I can't. How am I going to order this now? Well, sil say silver anniversary. Silver anniversary. anniversary. That's exactly the translation. American silver yes. anniversary. Yes. So when you've been married for 25 years, that's silver anniversary. So this is the first step of the wedding anniversary series. You said very nicely that the art of blending is really what designates cognac. Well, we decided to give an idea to our public, to our customers, uh, all the cognacs were in the bottle. So... In, give, in telling them, silver anniversary, nos, which is anniversary, argent, which is silver, they know it's a 25-year-old. They know they're celebrating 25 years. And you would think, well, their EXO is 20 years. Why should I pay another $50 on the shelf for five more years? Because five more years make a world of difference. Right. And you're going to see that. You're going to see the density of the product the complexity of the product is 10 times more amazing. Uh, this product just won in, in um, Las Vegas, a competition over 60 other cognacs. To, uh, we presented that by, not by mistake, but close. And the, the, the judges gave him unanimously number because it is so complete. It is, it is, you would stop here. You would say, well, I've had really a product that, not every day am I going to drink that, but for special occasion, it is so perfect. And this is probably one of my top favorites because it is the style of Fin Champagne, which is exactly what we have on the second one and on, 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 the, on the EXO, on the fourth one. But it is more complex, more uh, full on the mouth and also... Finishes on, long. Yes, 
long very season. long very long i want to i actually have a tasting note in this and i don't want to leave anybody astray or down a primrose path of me suggesting something but this has got a flip there's like a flavor component in this that i've not tasted in, in quite a few things and it's going to sound weird but it's in a good way and please take it as that okay i'm so afraid gunpowder what gunpowder Gunpowder. Gunpowder. There's a there's a it, on the back side of this. There's an I get a note of and that's not a bad thing. It's uh, please don't take it that way. There's there is, though, uh, for me. Um, uh, growing up with a dad who duck hunted and stuff like that, there is a there is a distinct flavor that's running on the on the on the back end of this. That's beautiful. I love it. What is very interesting is that. In aging cognac, you basically have three phases. You have the age of flowers, which is from two years until Amazing. around 15. Then you go to the age of fruit, which is basically from 15 up to 20, 25. And then you, you reach the age of spices. Mm. This product is exactly at in between. That right. means you still have the fruit. No, there's some grapefruit in this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But you have some clove. You have some mm -hmm. spices, cinnamon, very, very delicate, which really brings the, the palate, you know, and I, I know. I, this I, is every, beautiful. Every time I have this product, I can sit and talk about it for hours. That tells you. Uh, as long I, as you're buying, we'll talk about it for hours. <laughs> That's okay. really nice. So this is the. What do you guys think of that one? All right. Nice. Like that one. That's what we call in our family. We call that the, the, the beginning of the big guns. You know, this is really. See, something... I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are right. The gunpowder. Yeah, you're right. So this is the first one. I didn't say grandma's attic, did I? See, everybody knows that we get in an argument over that one. But that's a, that's I didn't say grandma's attic. But there is that a very distinct flavor in there that I like. It's it's very interesting. Yes. And it's honestly, it's one of my top favorites. And of course, again, um, like I said before, your palate is not my palate. So right. I have had different public, different, but most of the time, I must say that this Nos d'Argent really stands out for Very many, nice. many different people, ladies as much as men, for different reasons, but it works. Very nice. Now we are really going to. How are you going to top that? <laughs> you're going to top that. Yeah, you're going to top that. How are you going to top that? One? Yes. That one's really good. Um. In my in my family, there have been before we really repackage and relaunch the, the this one, the Argent that you just had. My uncle came with an idea um, a few years back in 1961. He created something because he had a 50 year old blend of Grand Champagne. Okay. And he started with the Nosdo Golden Anniversary and. A few years after that, when I joined the company and my sister was still in the company, uh, we thought we should um, use the anniversary series to designate younger and older cognacs. So we now are bringing you the Pearl anniversary, which is presented in a crystal bottle, which I don't have tonight. I have the 60-year-old here that you will taste to and the 50-year-old. And I will explain to you why we did what we did. The, the 30, which I don't have to show you, but you can always go to our website and see how, what it looks like. We will have a brand new website around the 11th of November. That's going to be very spectacular. I have an amazing brand manager. So the 30-year-old is called Pearl, Nos de Pearl, Pearl Anniversary. And in my company, 
we decided that over 30 years of aging, Grand Champagne is the one that ages the best. So anything that you're going to taste from now on, the 30, the 50, and the 60, are pure Grand Champagne. What does that mean after 30 years? After 30 years, if you don't watch your product, you have a, a, a risk to run into super oaky products. And it's even right. worse at the 50 and 60. So the quality of a blender is to watch that like a hawk. He has to taste them. If I tell you that he tastes 100 barrels a day, do you trust me? But you could. I might not trust him at 100 barrels a day, but I'll trust you at that. <laughs> but when I say to taste, what people don't understand is taste. that we ta it tastes 90% with the nose and 10% with the tongue. And in some opportunities, when he bring that to his lab, he has his own kingdom, as I, as I call it. He uses blue glasses. Why? Because blue glasses, you're not influenced by the color of the product. And that is for me such, my uncle was doing that and he's 45 years old and he's, and he's doing that too. So when you come, I, I know every time I bring people to that lab, they look at me and say, why the blue glasses? Only because it's not because your product is dark that it's better or older. Because Mother Nature gives you different things with different barrels. So in order not to be influenced by the color, and he has to taste in blue glasses. That makes sense. I like that. I may start doing that. He's not the only one yeah. doing that. But they're that's, not a good, good, that's a good, because I, I know a lot of these people out here can attest that some of the most... Uh, um, biggest flavors we've ever had were from whiskeys that looked maybe just shy of water. You know, the color did not change. Like the color gave you no indication of how much flavor it had. Yes. And so you're not, again, you're not drinking with your eyes. You're drinking with your nose and your mouth. And if you come to my office, my father left me a whole collection of vintages I have a map where you're saying which, because there is no label, nothing on the bottles. And I was showing to a friend of mine, I said, look at the 1922, which, which were two bottles. One is dark, the other is not. So he said, how can that be? I said, because they're different barrels. Right. And it's not uniform. It's not a science to, oh, well, you have to do it exactly. I know it can be, some people can be put up and, and said, oh my God, it's not the same color. If I was listening and my blender the same way, we would never filter the product, mm -hmm. but people would not understand. Right. We have to filter twice the product on clay just to get rid of the little particles of wood and everything, right. which makes sense. This one I would keep, but we also have to filter products in cold room for seven days at minus seven Celsius. Why? Because the product is full of essential oil. Right. And the, when you go around the globe with your containers full of cognac, with a difference in temperature, mm -hmm. your product is going to make... Boxing. And you exactly. Boxing. And, and it looks cloudy. Exactly. And people drink with their eyes and they don't understand if it's, it's cloudy, exactly right. it means it's less processed. But you know, again, I think as much in whiskey, I, I, I'm full of admiration for the way people are, the club, the whiskey club, and everything, the education you're getting on whiskey. I think on cognac we haven't done our job, and I'm. But you know what? It's I'm going to tell you right now. It, it everybody, 
so we just we just said that, right? Everybody knows what I mean by floxing and getting cloudy, and they also know that it's less processed if it does get cloudy. Yeah. All of a sudden, all that knowledge you got in whiskey translates to yes. cognac. Yes. So you, the good part for cognac, I think, is that people are being more educated in spirits in general. And I have a friend that says the grand unification of 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 uh, of alcohol. Mm-hmm. There are certain truths, truths that will play out in every alcohol. I agree in every category, right? In every category. So that sort of like that works in too. You know, and as much people understand sometimes to find sediments in wine, mm-hmm. they don't accept that in alcohol, in in liquor and spirits. No. But in New England, we actually have soda that has sediment. So, we, so we are a little bit different breed. Every who who drinks orange dry, cola orange dry, it actually has particles in it. Yes. Yeah, and, and we don't have a problem with that. Our water in Worcester has particles in it, and so so. Yeah. When I used to wrestle in high school, there was actually like these little like that they were like shrimp things that lived in the water, and we're like, bro, <laughs> we're finally getting some protein. Don't worry about it, guys. So. Now I'm gonna actually I'm gonna give you the weird tasting and and nosing notes oh, of the night. Oh my god! Okay, I'm terrified. All right, you're terrified. Why? The, the other one's good. <laughs> All right. So in this one, not black licorice, but absinthe. It's true. Absinthe. Absinthe true. on the nose. Yes. Not black licorice is not that strong. It's it's more of an absinthe. Um, that sort of black licorice of absinthe than, than anything else, then, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's this one is the favorite of our blender. He says this is the epitome, really, of hardy style, which is citrusy. Yeah, you get a lot of that too. Cherry pits mm-hmm. and absinthe. I agree on the yep. nose, but so delicate, so elegant. Oh. This is this is really again one. the finish on this is insanely good. Finish on this and there is no alcohol, which is really the beauty of aging cognac. You know, the alcohol edge is gone. Right. It's something so unique. What we'd like to say is got a warm hug, but there's no burn. Exactly. Right? No burn. Especially on a 40-degree day. <laughs> and uh, this one is definitely the one that he, he favors. And then we're going to really jump many years. Okay. Um, we're going to this one called Nosdo, Golden Anniversary. I told you the, the the pearl, we put it in crystal. You're going to laugh. We have less pearl available than we have the 50-year-old. That's That was probably a little bug, you know, not in technology, but what, what happened. So we do have, uh, we do sell approximately 10,000 bottles of the 50-year-old year worldwide. We sell a thousand bottle of the thirty-year-old, mm-hmm. so that gives you a percentage. But the fact that even ten thousand bottles—it's probably what one of my big competitors sell in one month, right. maybe in one city. Right? Yeah. So we cannot compare. You know, when when we say that Hardy sixty thousand cases of six a year, which ten thousand of them are Pinot de Charente. So that's 50,000 of cases of six of cognac. If I compare to our big leader, which is Hennessy, which is what, 7 million cases of yeah. 12? So we're not in the same world, even though we sell the same products. So this one has won the most awards of the whole category. And the Nosdor has been so successful for us because we can offer this product not in crystal, 
at an amazing price. I don't know exactly at what price Mr. Ryan is going to offer you because he likes money. But <laughs> back the bus up. I mean, how did I get how did I get thrown underneath there? That is not true. Our wholesaler, on the other hand. <laughs> so on somebody else on the bus. That's right. Um, no, he's gonna be very reasonable because we are very reasonable. You know what we are? We are a cognac house that sells cognac. We're not a marketing company that sells cognac. You know this one. This one's really beautiful. This is very. It, it's. I, I'm shocked to how delicate this is. Yes. At fifty. It's amazingly it's alive. Some, yeah, it's got a lot of vibrance. It's got a lot. It's got a little bit of that citrus we talked about. Yes. It's got a little bit of that spice that we talked about. Yes, and a lot of marmalade. Mm, yeah. You have these yeah. orange, orange rinds. Orange rinds. Yeah, absolutely. Orange rind. Yeah. You have it in that, and that's what people love in this product. What do you guys think of this one? Like that one? It's just, what's it, that? That's no, not in your face. It's, it's not just in your face. It's so so. Yes. Liquid ambrosia. Yes. Okay. That's the 50 years, number seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Show, shoot up. So this um, is true. John is saying throw a couple drops of water I in, agree. in these last two, and you're getting a bigger, even a bigger depth of flavor. But I mean a drop. A drop. If you, if you, because you're not would, really a high ABV on these either, though. Oh, well, no, you're no, not. No, you're what to, what are you at, like 80? Yes. 90? Yeah. Yes, we're yeah. at 80 proof. Yeah. Um, a drop a would drop. open the nose. No question. Mm -hmm. And you do that in scotch, you do that in whiskey, you do that. Right. And it's true. With all cognacs, it, it works. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That right. That's really, really beautiful. That is, uh, that is, you know, that's the delicate flavor of yes. this. It's really, really, it's very interesting. To be fair, and I know that I'm in the ballpark, it's going to be something around $400 for a 50-year-old. 50 50-year-old? 50 I'm telling you, this is why this product is one of our best sellers in the United States. Yeah. But come the holidays, that's where people buy because it's, you right. can you don't, you can, you cannot find something there. It will compare, it would compare with the Paradise of Hennessy. But except it's not the same price, and and, and it's better. I'm sorry. Did no, I say oh, that? What did you sorry. say? What did you it say? It was better. <laughs> All right. So now we have the last the the last one. I hope you've been enjoying this journey. Yes. The the the, the, the last one. Well, it's not finished yet. It's not. You got one more. You get one more. You get for your ten dollar gift card. You get one more. <laughs> uh, it is our pride to bring you what was called for a very long time in my family the family reserve. Does that mean that when people were coming to visit us in cognac, the cognac that were given to them at the end of a meal or after a, um, a visit was always this cognac, the family reserve. When with my sister, we decided to go to the wedding anniversary series, we decided that this product, which was a 60-year-old, should naturally be called a diamond anniversary, which means 60 years of marriage. In 2003, I have a funny story with somebody you probably know, um, Paul Pacolt. Paul yep. Pacolt, who writes the Spirit Journal, and um, called me up, and I was, I mean, I was not ready for that call. And he said, Benedict, out of the 100 best spirits that I tasted this year, 
I'm going to give you first prize for this um, product, which is the diamond anniversary. And I was, of course, very emotional and not ready for that prize and everything. And he said, don't flatter yourself. Nothing to do with it. Thank you, grandfather. Thank you, father. <laughs> They're the one that should be congratulated. Stop crying. It's nothing to do with it. Oh, thank you, Paul. And I learned better. So recently, I was telling you about the Nos d'Argent. So I sent him the Nos d'Argent. And he called me back. He said, that's a masterpiece. I said, hey, 25 years. I've been in the company 35. So what do you say? Okay. He okay. said, this time you can take the prize. You can now cry. <laughs> so cry away. So... This is this is the difficulty and the beauty of our industry is that we need so much patience. But when you reach the caliber of this product, this that we sell maybe two hundred units a year in the U.S. That makes it very special. So I can honestly tell you, it's a pure sixty-year-old. You have at least twenty-five Odevies in that blend that have been JH side by side for sixty years. Most of the time, after 60 years, they are removed from oak and put in what we call demijohn, which is right. damjan, demijohn in, in English. And we keep them and we nurture them. We don't open them. We They are our treasures. It's golden treasures. In this one, you have licorice. You have cedar. Cedar. You have cedar a lot. Grandma's attic. Yes. Dare I say, <laughs> in a you, good way. Yes, in a, mm -hmm. always in a good way. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, clove mm -hmm. and, and, and saffron, which is really the... Uh, really it's just amazing to me over the years how like... Different they Different are. the product evolves yes. into these other flavor profiles. You know... Um, passion uh, fruit. Passion, passion fruit. fruit. And, you know, one that I get a lot too is... Um, not a, not necessarily on this one, but it's a little bit of a back note on this is apricot. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Which is one of the flavor that we enjoy in, in the last one that I don't have tonight for you, which is the Lalique collection series that we created with the Lalique Crystal Company. Um, in 2013, we decided to create a collection with what my grandfather, Armand, had put aside between uh, 2000, um, uh, 1918 and 1939 before the German arrived in, in, in Cognac. And with five or six of the barrel that the years that he had selected, we my blender came with um, a show of the different season, depending on the percentages of product that he was okay. using. And this one is autumn, uh, with the red one. We have a green one, which is spring. We have uh, a, a yellow one, which is um, a summer. The yellow one is definitely apricot. Mm -hmm. And the oldest in this yellow mm -hmm. one is 1918. Wow. So we're very fortunate that we have products that are rare and authentic and that you're more than welcome if you happen to be in Cognac first to give us a call because we don't have, we're not organized for tours like our big competitors. But uh, we enjoy welcoming our customers and we enjoy to show them what they want to say, we take directly from the barrel. So there is no uh, trick in any way. And it's it's what we're proud of. I want to thank you tonight for coming and showing us this tonight and and, and letting us try some of these, um, you know, these these anniversary um, series, because I don't think that's a lot. A lot of people get to to experience something like that. 
And uh, I feel truly touched that you were allowed us to do that tonight. So I want to thank you very, very thank much. Thank you very much. And it's always a pleasure to have you here. It doesn't happen often enough, but I I'm know. glad you're here. Thank you very much. And, and thank uh, you all for coming. It's, yeah. a, it's a pleasure to see cognac lovers and to see women also. I promise you that when I started 35 years ago in my audience, there was no women. And when I was talking cognac, men in the audience thought, whoosh, whooshy, what is she talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so we have come a long way, ladies. And I'm hoping that you see that cognac is not harsh, is not always warm, and can be really delicate and, and enjoyable drink. So You know, to, to that end, I want to say you're here this evening. Next Wednesday, uh, Mel is here from um, um, Old Elk. And this Saturday, we have a friend of mine. Um, uh, she's going to be here doing uh, Miriam and Green. Yeah. Um, Heather Green. So it's nice to see that we're also getting people that are integral into the industry of women coming and presenting to us, too. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go over some stuff where I'm giving away products and I'm going to go through prices and stuff. But um, thank you all for uh, you guys stay. I'm going to say bye to everybody on Facebook. Uh, you should have been here tonight. Uh, I'll say everybody. Uh, thank you on uh, listening to our podcast. Check it out. It's it's the liquor talking and check out our radio show on Saturdays um, also. And you can check us out on Facebook and on podcast. Thank